I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's a, that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. Welcome to Feeding Curiosity. Wait a second. Welcome to Feeding Curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the intro for this episode of the podcast, I guess. No, not really. You know what I noticed? What? You go into announcer voice. I know. You do this it's podcast. because... And there now we're going to talk it's because, on the it's because, it's because of the doing YouTube videos of 200 of them. So I get like the voice, you know? The voice. There's you got to do the voice that carries into the microphone because I stare at the levels and I want it to sound good. <laughs> Just avoid the levels and fix it in post. Should I read Grey's Anatomy slowly? Please don't. I meant to say, uh, would you mind? <laughs> I didn't mean to say Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Shades, 50 of, Grey. Shades of Grey. All right. I mean, either. I'll, I'll listen to either. Anything that you read to me, Mike, is just fine. There you go, Fifty Shades. Did I ever tell you about how we read that on post in Bahrain? No. Like we had story time and like we'd sit in a circle on post. <laughs> and I read fucking Fifty Shades of Grey. I read the whole book. Do you really? Book. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's funny. It's um, it's so terrible that it's unbelievably entertaining. Like I couldn't believe how much fun I was having reading that stupid book. Like Gilbert Godfrey reading like, it. Yeah, slowly. dude, it's so <laughs> fucking funny. Uh-huh. Like it's just trash. So this is the 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 naughtiest bits by Daily Beast. Dude, talk about uh, speed read it. You get to speed read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Let's see. I mean, I would never have read it if it wasn't. If you want me being forced into a little box yeah. for 12 hours oh, and not being able to leave. Yeah, I'm right. not going to say any of this stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, since Mike's not going to read that, what have you been up to, Mike? Because this is kind of why we're doing this. Me? I just came back from a well, week-long road trip. Where'd you, short. where'd you go? Because I was like not able to track all the places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you went to a lot of places. So it started with we were supposed to go to the Northwest and go to Glacier National National Park. See the bison, see the, the the lake, see the mountains, and just go you know camp off the grid for a while. But the weather turned for the worst, and it's not going to be nice until like August, pretty much, or late June. So we decided to go. Wow, really that late? Yeah, I, I, did, is it I didn't do enough research. I, I, I'm like, oh, it's going to be late May. Like we'll be fine. There's it's going to be good weather. We get some camping in. It's still cold. There's still snow, and they're still plowing the snow off. Um, Whoa. The main connecting road from the basically the east side to the west side of the park is all closed off. And there was a, a, a plow cam showing this plow pretty much moving giant, like 10 foot mounds of snow off the main road. So I was like, yeah, we uh, need to rethink what we're going to what we're going to do. So we ended up cutting our trip short, but we went through Colorado, uh, hiked there for a day. Then we went through Utah, hit up the different national parks there. Didn't do too many exciting things other than watching the stars. Um, then we went through Arizona, and then we went through Nevada, 
Then we came back to Arizona and basically worked our way up. We basically went down and did like a GA. So Colorado down and then back and then we went home. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, you kind of went like all over the place in the, the Southwest there. Oh, dude. The first time I, this, this was the first time I went to Utah, like ever. I didn't know what to expect. And so we got there late at night, probably like, uh, you know, 11 p.m. Not, not super late, but late enough to where the sun was down and the moon was out. And we're like, oh, we got to figure out a place to sleep because, you know, classic Mike and Mary, we sleep in the car. That's, <laughs> that's, that's one of my, our secrets to, uh, to cheap travel is uh, you invest in a car that you can sleep in. I was going to say, you should describe <laughs> how you have it set up in the back when you go oh. on your travels because it's pretty legit. You have what, an element? Uh, Honda Element 2003 all-wheel drive. Super awesome. There's actually some cool things I'll, I'll talk about. There's new companies coming out. I'm not sure how new, actually. Um, but there's companies that actually create travel vans. So, like, one or two people can do the same thing we're doing, but you rent the van for the vacation. Oh, really? I, yeah. It's, mm. it's really interesting. It's almost like the zip car, but for yeah. travel. Where do you shower when you do this? Good question. <laughs> do you want to know? That's a work in progress. Do you want to just imagine? Do you just baby wipe that shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have dude wipes. Dude works. wipes. Dude wipes. Baby wipes, hospital wipes, pretty much wet naps. <laughs> if, I find, if I find natural water, we usually go take a dip. Definitely the feet. You want to do that with your feet. Dude, you're telling me. <laughs> you know, because you were in the military. So yeah, you know stink you're... real bad. <laughs> There's nothing more fucking heinous than like a week's worth of yeah. not washing your feet and just walking around in the heat. Man. Especially I've... if you're wearing boots that don't breathe. Holy mm -hmm. fuck. Hiking <laughs> every day with thick socks on and pants and like long sleeves because you don't want to get super burnt. Why do you do thick socks? Just it's support for your feet basically oh, really? for your feet more cushion. Sweat, yeah. yeah that's exactly mm -hmm. right it kind of makes sense because i mean when you're hiking you know up these high elevations low elevations and you're doing it like hours and hours and hours yeah the last thing you want to do is have a blister you yeah know? yeah the last thing you want to do so you deal with the the musty feet but it's a worthwhile cause yeah the scent is more tolerable than oh the pain dude of a right. the scent goes away <laughs> i mean i can just attest to that dude it's all about own. baby powder or like baby powder powders, you can get that yeah, gold, gold yeah gold bond. Uh, yep that's you good wanna, you wanna get changing your split. socks a fuckload mm -hmm. uh baby wipes now, obviously. you want to hear a uh fuck up yes uh -oh. i packed uh two pairs of socks oh no Do you want to know the other fuck up what Mary, uh, I think, packed one pair of socks. <laughs> so one you of the guys days, both did it. <laughs> Mary had to use my only clean pair of socks. So let me just say I used one pair of socks. I would have bought some on the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I went pretty primitive with this with This, this stuff. particular trip. Yeah. This particular trip, definitely. It's bare bones. You back, could. back to the, the, the vehicle situation. Yeah. Though. So the reason, the how I found out about these vans that you can rent, we were driving in, um, let's see, it was Canyonlands National Park. Um, it was, it's, yeah, there's a lot of cool where national parks. Utah. Okay. Utah. So there's a lot of, it's incredible. I feel like Utah's a huge camping area. It right? is. Oh, it's, Mormons it's huge. Everywhere. Right. <laughs> you don't even think about the Mormons. Like when we went to Moab, first time I went to Moab, it's like they're one of their bigger cities other than what Salt Lake City, mm -hmm. I would say. Maybe yeah, more, even... more like, like a, like a camping city. You, you go there in the summertime, I guess, and when it's nice out. But like it's all like jeeps and off-road vehicles and motorcycles and have those <laughs> what are the UTVs or something like that all over the place that you can rent because there's so many places to go off-roading. It's what it's known for, you know. So mm -hmm. it was really cool to see all that um, and see all like the mountain bikers and all these 
cool dudes rock climbing and stuff. I'm like, I wish I was more prepared and I wish I, you know, had more time to to do some of that stuff. So that's something we want to pursue in the future once established with school being done and all that, you know, that's not a good excuse, but regardless. So anyway, I went and I talked to this guy because I saw him pull out the back of his, uh, he opened the, the, the back of his car, the back of the van, and I didn't see the logo on the side. And all, all I see is like a really awesome, like nice big bed mattress with a sleeping bag over it. And then he starts pulling out these drawers underneath the mattress. I was like, Wait, what? He's like, that is such a cool setup. Yeah, they're, they're hooked up to like the little rollers, like when, like a regular drawer. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but but they're like four separate cubbies or three separate cubbies. And there's two different types of the, the drawers that he pulls out. And I stopped. I'm like, whoa, I love your setup. Like, how did you do that? I'm like, did you make it? And that's when he told me, no, this is a rental van. I'm just going for the week. Um, so I just decided uh-huh. to do this and just get my car. Goes? I haven't looked into it because I kind of, we have it ourselves. But um, I love that setup. And it's so functional. And it saves you so much money if you can do it yourself. So let, actually, let's look up uh, how much it costs. I think they're called like adventure vans. But um our setup is not as advanced as his. I use a lot of car- uh, carabiners, if that's how you say it, right? Carabiners? I've heard people say carabiners and carabiners. So. It's definitely carabiner. Yeah. Carabiners? It, carabiner. It, it was some like, old, like someone old who, white dude with a beard and glasses. Cra- it sounds like someone from the South who just... Carabiner is like what I say when I'm intentionally trying Let's to see. fuck it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically have like our, our duffel bags and everything, and I hook them on top. I bring a six... A gallon jug of water make sure we have headlamps make sure you have uh, a lantern a propane i wouldn't even thought of pro- having a headlamp oh, headlamps are huge yeah dude they're close especially when you want to go on night hikes it's other you have to have them night hike. uh bug spray <laughs> but it's pretty much we have a mat that we fit it in the back it's like a, a double thick foam um and we just i line that with a blanket it's waterproof not the blanket the the, the mat's waterproof with the vinyl like cover um blanket sleeping bag pillows all the works um make sure you bring enough food crates and all that stuff and when we sleep we pretty much just secure it up to the the the, what do you call them road rage handles i don't know (laughs) when you're when you're moving just the handles the the handles in the car yeah Yeah. um where we put them up front and then i line the whole thing with tarp and i make like a little tarp kind of like doorway from the front seat so no one can see in and it's really nice and it has these little oh, side cool because you guys have to like mm-hmm. sleep in like the middle of the day or something yeah or try to yeah if you're, tra- if you're well, driving I, all day yeah, basically. And, and because people I'm have the urge to want to look into everyone's cars you know right i mean you don't like, even think about it <laughs> i've had that where like i was like it, it was like five in the morning and people you know get there early for the hikes this actually happened when we were there and i hear like you know door slamming people like you getting out of the car yeah. and stuff i'm like okay so i wake up and I just look up and this dude's like staring in my car. I was like, what the f-? Like, okay, so what? We're here early. He's like, you're just going to go and look at everybody's car. But no one says anything. I mean, a lot of those places I feel like too, most you of the can, people are used to that can. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really nice. We have a uh, moonroof in the back. So you, we can actually oh, that's cool. lay down and, and you can it comes off so we can we can look at the stars in the, in the back of the car. So and what was um, Moab like? Moab was really fun. Um there's, it's it's kind of like, uh, for us, I guess, a good comparison. I don't want to say Wisconsin Dells because it's not as cheesy. But it's it's like a it's a summer <laughs> vacation spot. So like the Salt Lake people? Pretty much, or just everybody in general. Um, it's like one little strip 
of a row that you go down. There's shops all along it. There's oh, okay. bars, so it has there's restaurants. Like- they have their own brewery. Ooh. Oh, cool. Yeah. Utah, too. I think uh, draft beer has to be under like, what, three and a half percent or something. Are you, like wait, that. really? Yeah. Oh, is it because of Mormon stuff? Goddamn right? Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Utah beer law, limit of 3.2% alcohol by volume in a beer sold at a grocery store. Oh it's basically like an old rule, yeah. almost. Yeah, that's what it's not even real. Utah, is that even real breweries? beer at that point? I mean, I don't consider it real beer if it's above. Not above five percent, mm, right? Mm. <laughs> like most of the time, Miller doesn't fucking count. I know. <laughs> Keystone. So no, none of them are PBR. Real. Oh no, we're gonna get a lot of people upset if we say so, anything yeah. bad about PBR. Oh, fuck PBR. Most <laughs> 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 pretty cool. I feel like you guys would like it. Like, there's a lot of oh, I'd love out, to go there. Outside things to do, and I think it'd be cool to even you know get a group of people going there, and we can rock climb and we can rent those utvs and go mountain biking it's it's that's pretty much what it is because there's so much get, land get, to do get, it get atvs and just go like it's really cool, cool. what'd be cool is if you could do this thing obviously you're not by sand dunes there but if you do atvs on the sand dunes mm, beautiful that'd be fun get dune <laughs> buggies. There yeah there you there go are. dune buggies i think there might be do you, yeah, do you dude, guys there were some really cool dune buggies there there's actually like a dune no, buggy i think really. a dune buggy race in what yeah, there's like a really long like marathon race that these guys do like overnight and during the day. That's gotta be crazy because you gotta deal with sandstorms overnight sometimes. Yeah, I forgot exactly what in it's the called. desert. What desert is? That's not the Mojave. That's south. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what desert is there. It might be one of the smaller ones. I don't know. Maybe it is the same thing. Or it could be part of the Mojave because I know Mojave. Oh, I think is that's, big. that's probably in Las Vegas when they do that. Yeah, most. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. Because that's where um they do um. What's that thing? Burning Man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Nevada. Burning. Yeah. Man. I really want to go to Burning Man one day. That'd be so crazy. Well, that's why I want to. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man. It seems so out there. Just just one time. I think I, I think because I'm I'm because I'm hesitant to do it, then I should do it. <laughs> Yeah, it just seems so bizarre. Right. It is. And it's 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 grown a lot, too, supposedly, from the past. Well, yeah, it's not as, like... Now it's, like, a, more like a festival thing. Yeah. Before it was, you had to contribute to, like... You had to, you had to contribute it, to right? it, the craft of it. Now yeah. it's, like, you buy tickets and it's, like, EDC. Really? No. You have to, like, live out there, though. I know. You have to bring it. Like if, we, if we ever... Yeah, I think so. If we ever did it, we'd have to get a... Um, RV or something? Yeah, an RV. I'm I'd do it. I'd That's actually it. one of my looks, my it, things. I'm gonna buy an RV probably. Honestly, it looks like our like uh, Mad Max when people are like dress up. That's and what stuff. I'm saying, dude. Yeah, it looks crazy. Cool. <laughs> I talked to Jen, who for those that don't know, my sister does cosplay. Mm-hmm. I talked to her, and be like, "Yo, Jen, let's figure this out. I'm, help me make a some crazy legit. Mad Max. <laughs> That'd be really cool. I'd be like a fucking." Like post-apocalypse cowboy. I could, I could see you getting like the, the the goggles and everything. You know what I do? I, the first fucking thing I would get is one of those Australian hats where one brim is. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's the first to. thing I do, and then everything else yes. is just formed around that. Yeah, like, no, no, and then you get like a tire. You just like a tire, cut it and make it a shoulder pad. Did you know? You know, and then you put like some spikes. Right, through all kinds it, of like, crazy shit. Like nails, like giant one-inch nails through the top of it. When I was in Bahrain, <laughs> we had um, there's these special hats that you wore that had like a brim around the whole side to is it protect you from the so sun, hot? right right so instead oh, of like your normal so covers it's just like those. a baseball hat almost it's one that has a brim all around you the have to are they a special military say. issue yeah yeah so what i would do though is because they were um like rippled they were they weren't flat the rim of it wasn't flat so it's kind of like that but i ended oh, up just really? flattening it out and then rolling up the one side to do the australian thing and bending it and after like 
weeks of just continuously like forming it, it would stay. <laughs> so I looked like a fucking Australian dude. The number of times that I got, I either would get looks from people like, I don't think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> or being blatantly told, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, undo that. You can't do that. I was like, absolutely. I won't do that anymore. And then I'd like fix it and then put it right back. In. <laughs> so I never, get a never positive looks, huh? I thought it looked cool. I but I remember, I remember a, our major who had a stick up his ass the whole time we were there. Because we he's probably bored as hell too. No, he was just an asshole. Oh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember him this. walking past me when I had that. I was like, arrest, sir. And he just looks at me for a second. And then kind of like, you can see him, he's processing it, and he goes, huh. And then just keeps moving. <laughs> I was like, I was like, so like short circuit. Yeah, he like, didn't know what to do. <laughs> he was like, I've or something. never seen this. <laughs> I like how you, you even throw the military a loop. They don't even know how to deal yeah, with you. Yeah, I was you. so, dude, right? I was so, it was too funny. I didn't fit too well in there. <laughs> I can tell. I mean, especially because you're just sitting in a, in a like, a, what? Is it like a five by five box? Oh my God, yeah, basically. For, for like posts, and then you just bored as Dude, down. that's what it is. You just start, at least I did, just start doing ridiculous shit. Like, well, you hunt mice. And your brain just starts baking in there, so you don't really know you're what you're- bored of, dude. You have to find something to do. So you're like, I'm going to make this hat little Australian. We got really good at catching the mice. We would take Gatorade bottles. And we cut out a little hole in it. And then on the cap, you put like peanut butter. So you screw back on the cap and it goes into the hole. Come in there and then you pick up the bottle and he starts. <laughs> and we catch did, him. Did you try using cheese? I don't know if we ever used cheese. Like I was going to say, does it actually work? Or is that just like a stereotype for mice? Fuck, I don't know. All really. mice like cheese. If I was cheese. Mm. If, I was, if I was cheese. <laughs> I <get caught. laughs> if I was a mouse, I'd eat cheese. I'd, I'd get caught. Yeah. I didn't cheese. It'd take me no time. Like, oh, okay. Do I want to eat? Yes. I am hungry. <laughs> strange, <laughs> strange cheese or strange peanut butter. Like, what if you were just like hiking in the woods? The next thing you know, it's like right next to each other is a jar of peanut butter, or there's like a perfectly untouched block of cheese. I mean, if I was a human being, I'd be like. Who left this here? <laughs> Why'd well, you leave this Gouda in the middle of the fucking... <laughs> My Gouda of all cheeses! It is a great cheese. I know it's a great cheese, but it's very fancy. Like brie or something? <laughs> what one would you eat? I would leave. I'd be so confused. In, in real life, if Let's I saw... Say you haven't eaten in 15 days. I ain't eaten in 15 days. And you were lost in the woods. The next thing you know, you see just... A whole a, pizza. A pristine... <laughs> <If I> saw, <laughs> a pristine... Steaming on a box. Brick of Gouda... And an unopened oh, jar of peanut butter. Nick, can you find like Reddit like survival examples? Like, too. there's more protein. If you if you were like lived on an island and you had like two things, or like what would you bring for survival? Two things on an island. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. yeah, probably a phone. <laughs> Help! <laughs> cell phone and a cell phone service tower. Yeah. <laughs> A satellite phone. Satellite phone. Yeah. A cell phone and extra battery. And a GPS thing. So that I can well, be like, I'm at these coordinates. You, usually cell phones have that nowadays. Oh, so they automatically have Yeah. It. Most of the cell phones are pretty legit Then, now. I don't know, Netflix? Something <laughs> watch Netflix on? <laughs> I was hoping you'd say Wilson. Wilson! <laughs> so even though we didn't go like backcountry hiking or anything, you still had that sense of like adventure like that. I was going to say, you feel like you, even though you didn't yeah. go like super deep into the woods or anything know, like that, you were, this time. you were able to like get an overview of like what you want to do in the future since you had to like change last minute. Right. Cause the, what was it? Zion was packed. Oh, it was crappy. Honestly, the, the, the national parks, they're just, well, the one you didn't those have things any, you, like, just, you just go and see, you know, you go and see you're there for a little bit. Then That's you got something you go and you get like the, the existential, experience you know i'm gonna go to zion and get away from the world no man that that's not how it works you know because you go there and it's just flooded with people because there's hundreds of other people there i mean it's a beautiful place 
these national parks are beautiful places and I recommend going to see them because it shed, it brings your mind like, well, there's this exists. But to like get away, not so much. I feel like you need to find your own little backcountry place if you want to do oh, that. Oh yeah. You gotta know where to go. Yeah, like, you gotta like, get all these like, permits. Like Rogan goes when he goes to the Lanai, the little Hawaiian island and yeah. stuff and gets away, like that's cool. Well, those, go, those guys go on like long hunts. You know what I mean? Like so it's like it's like yeah. a week of you're in the middle of right. nowhere. They're in the right? bush, yeah. quite literally. Yeah, and you have to but, pack appropriately. And but if you're trying to get away from everybody. That's those survive. are the kind of things you got to do, right? And you have to in order to find mm-hmm. animals that mm-hmm. don't want to be by anybody. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, like, they're there for a different purpose. That, that's yeah. kind of what I, I got from that was the sense of survival. Even though, like, okay, I'm not saying it was it was hard by any means. It wasn't. But just like kind of being away from your usual resources and like trying to limit, you know, what you can use to to survive, I guess you could say, because we basically just ate everything we had. I was going to say, how, how did you guys eat yeah. most of the time? Beans and rice. <laughs> did you cook it right now? Uh-huh. I had a propane grill. I remember once we cooked right in front of a grocery store. It was fun. <laughs> I made gluten-free grilled cheese with mayonnaise. Yeah, I'm butter. sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You use, no instead sorry. of butter or oil, you use mayonnaise and coat the bread and you put that on the hot pan and it makes it nice and crispy and soft and it doesn't cook the bread too too hard and it preserves the moisture and it tastes delicious. I would never have thought, never would have no, thought that. It is the best ever. grilled cheese ever. Mm. I think you've done that before when we were playing video games. Yeah, like, I'm going to make a grilled that. cheese. Use the mayonnaise. That. And I think I Brian agreed with you. So what, what I what I liked about this the most, and I recommend everybody should go and just take some time off, even if it's just a week. You know, we have done longer, but a week's pretty long, I guess. In terms, For most people. in terms of like what we're doing and like how far we went, all that. I feel like a lot of people get you, antsy after the, a week. My favorite part, the best part, the most eye-opening part, was the sleep, because you you find in like two days time that your sleep cycle completely regenerates and it goes back to what it's supposed to be. Even with the time change. Oh, that totally makes sense, though, because you're not in front of screens all day. Oh. <laughs> and you're outside. And, right. outside. and because you're outside, you feel the temperature drop. Right, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it feels more the whole Yes, the whole situation influences how you feel and how tired you are. I mean, I slept like a fucking baby whenever I was on, like, in the Marine Corps. We I were out doing it, field man. training shit. Like, so you just sit on, you're in a cot, and then that's it. Yeah, you, you just have, like, your little you're outdoors. sleeping It's sleeping a different, it's a different right? And sometimes you don't even have a cot. You just say, fuck it, and you just sleep on the rocks because who gives a shit, and I'm tired. It's a different <laughs> form of being tired. You're genuinely tired. Yeah. Even though we were, like, driving most of the time, and then we go do a hike, you know, it wasn't that strenuous, but it was an immense tired like your your whole body well, just you're doing it for hours probably <sighs> like just tired and you, like you down and you rest. fall you earn that was like when we played basketball and that day. is something that, that so tired yeah <laughs> and i feel like that is so huge for people who have some form of illness or sickness or something that's going on with their body and it's things are out of sorts i feel like that is hugely important to make them feel better yeah the sleep is so freakishly important. Like yeah. when I'm when I'm during the semester, like I schedule my sleep. Like I have you to really? be sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I can't operate. I need to be on like my best foot. Right. I, I guess for you, uh, the so Michigan, like I don't drink at all during intense. the week. Good. Ma- except for Wednesdays, usually because after is after the, our meeting, is that, is that the beer? beer well, after our meeting, we'll usually go and get a beer. Right. Gotcha. So that's about it during the week, and then maybe on the weekends. But like my sleep cycle is really scheduled out. Like. Because I, I can't be going to a 9 a.m. class tired if I need to no. focus and accomplish things. Right. 
So I mean, yeah, you no can way. make it happen, but it's difficult. <laughs> like I want to be, I I have to be there in the class. You know what I mean? I can't just be like fighting sleep because no. there's no point. I need to be able to absorb this information and, and to participate. Yeah, that that's a huge part of absorbing the information is actually raising your hand and asking a nervous question. You know, you have yeah. to do stuff like that. And if you're not fully awake, it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. Plus, I think with the pace of that stuff too, like you miss oh one day, God. you're like way behind. You're way yeah. like we would fill up. It's absurd. We'd have like eight pages of notes that we it was just oh nonstop, like in just nonstop, like back to front in this developmental cycle. It's probably like every four weeks you have a test. Dude. Yeah, it was. We had four tests. Yeah. So that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Once one a month. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Which I don't mind. I like that setup. No, I mean, it's pretty average, I would say, but it's just, it's just a, a lot of info. To just like the amount of info the... that I've retained is compared to what we actually like, did, did yeah. is so minimal. I'm like, really? holy fuck. Is that bad? Like, I Not remember bad, the key but... stuff and the things that were, I thought were really interesting, but there's so, so much. It's just unbelievable. It just shows how inefficient the model is that we oh, have. Oh, it's a trash model. You know, it's where we have four four months to learn as much as you can about a subject, and then you get a grade at the end and it says, you've mastered it. It's like, no. <laughs> you've barely scratched the surface. Dude, it's literally just drinking from a fire hose trying to take a yeah <laughs> it's absurd like you don't the no. amount of info you do not retain is just ridiculous it's like why even bother if no one's going to catch 50 percent of this shit why are you teaching 50 percent of this shit yeah i i can't stand the school model it's, right it's now. not a good approach yeah it's bad for teaching people no nope. like their their job is to present the information and make it available not to make it stick really yeah it's, well, they have a they have what they're supposed to teach, and then that's yeah. you know great professors can teach in an interesting way, mm -hmm. but they're few and far between. Oh, we should t talk about Jordan mm -hmm. Peterson. Speaking of that, no, we're gonna go. This is gonna take us off on a tangent. That's man. true. We, should we haven't even finished. We haven't even tied the knot on Moab. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to bring it too too far back because you guys are on some good stuff. Well, we could talk about that. Anyway, that we have a whole separate podcast to, to talk the, about back that. To back thing. to sleep. Cycle. Yeah, but when I really liked it, like. It's because it was such an uncomfortable environment. You're in the back of your car in like a pretty um, high volume place. And you just you're just cruising around trying to find a place to crash for the night. You know, it, it's not a determined thing like, all right, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go into bed. I'm going to sleep and wake up in bed. I'm going to. I mean, it's out. so different. You, yeah. You go to bed not knowing like who's there. You know, people could come and bug you, wake your car up. There could be like animals coming up to the car. And <laughs> I, I was worried like not in Utah, but other places like there's bears and such and mountain lions. They probably wouldn't approach. Where'd the, you go the after car. Utah? Uh, Arizona, Nevada. We spent time in Colorado back on our way up. Um, oh you guys made so much. Yeah. So each, did you go to Arizona from Utah? Or did you go to Las Vegas, Arizona? So we, we did Utah. We cut through the corner of Arizona and then went to uh, uh, Nevada. Went to Las Vegas. Just that was. Oh, just, kind of, just we like, were there kind of for like an hour and a half, and we're like, screw it, let's get In and Out Burger. Hell yeah! <laughs> and then nice. Did, did a couple of hands of blackjack. Lost. Just went on the strip to look at the weird people to get away for just, we were there like, let's do it. Being civilization. We almost went to LA, longer. but we're really? like, well, if we drive to LA, we have to drive back from LA. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why we're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. And you don't want to get stuck in I mean, LA Arizona is far, yeah. far. I mean, both of, they're all The Grand Canyon was phenomenal. So when we're sleeping in the back of these cars, like in the back of my car, the first place we stopped was Arches National Park and we were just listening to a podcast about aliens beforehand <laughs> <laughs> and so like when we had service because it's intermittent service out there really yeah it's really yeah so I kind of had a buffer it as much as I could 
Um, so it was very, really interesting because we pull in the spot and there's, we're like, oh, we're able to get into the national park. It's 24 hours. There was no one there. You have to drive up the side of a mountain face. It was completely dark. There was a couple cars coming out. And so we, we pull into the first overlook and step out. And after this alien talk, we're looking at the sky. We're like, we're like, we're going to get abducted by aliens. <laughs> we're making contact tonight. You know, I was really paranoid because I, I, I'm not sure if I've ever disclosed my history, but I used to be very paranoid of aliens. Dude, very paranoid. I had weird. How far were you I from Area 51? Dreams. Well, I wanted to go. What stimulated all the paranoia too was the first stop off of highway, I think uh, 70 or something was this alien gas station. That was <laughs> this, it was a privately owned gas station. The, the amount of gas was like a dollar and 50 per gallon higher oh than all, the other place. Yeah. It was like almost $5 a gallon. Holy gas. fuck. Yeah. And he like advertised like alien jerky and all this weird stuff. I, I almost went in cause it was open. But then I'm like, I'm probably going to touch the door handle, accidentally rub my eye, and then I'll be stoned off LSD for three days. <laughs> I'll probably breathe the air and, and it transform into another dimension. It was just... It just was, such a sketchy... It was a sketchy thing, but I'm sure during the day it seemed less sketch. Because oh, it was funny. We pulled in and there was like a random cat who wouldn't move. I was like in the car, like creeping towards this cat. and He just kept looking. I'm like, like Mary, that's probably a, a transmogified cat that's an alien it's an alien actually he's watching us he's watching us man no anyway um it was really really cool just to to see the lights of the stars that we don't see in chicago because it's so light polluted out here you know mm -hmm. i felt like that just the whole situation of being uncomfortable like li like sleeping in an uncomfortable bed it was cold hot and then really cold and then there's people that would show up out of nowhere in the middle of the night, like three in the morning to do like random night hikes. And I see their flashlight shining in the car. I'm like, Oh shit, is that police? Like what's going on? And then they just run away and they're with their little packs into the hiking trail that we were by and scurry away. But the thing about that was how good of sleep I got, even though I probably only smashed maybe six hours of sleep mm -hmm. intermittently, you know, like I was, a, I probably woke up like six times. Every time I fell asleep, I was in deep, deep REM sleep. I just re remember having the most vivid dreams when I woke up and feeling fresh and ready to go. And and the cool thing apart about that was it was so uncomfortable that when you woke up and you didn't know where you were going, you know, like you, you had to get up and you had to do something. You can't just lay in bed and be on your phone and like, you know, I'm going to putz around in the morning and you know, go make some breakfast. It was you're in the back of the car. You have to pee. There's people around you. You're either going to pee in the car. You're going to go find someone to pee. You got to get up. You got to go. You got to think where you're going. You know, what? what's the plan for the day? And that was, was so refreshing about it was because it wasn't comfortable. And that was so good. The, the amount of uncomfortableness that I received brought me so much more energy in return. Dude, there's um, it's incredibly awesome. There's a great quote by, I forget the guy's name, but the author that, uh, wrote the glass menagerie he said that the that the wolf at the door is luxury and i was like oh yeah yeah i like that that's because that's so true because yeah. when you get comfortable then everything is like everything's nothing then you become, everything could be then you better be, then you become nothing is urgent right nothing is urgent that's why i always think about like just in general like uprooting yourself from like whatever situation you're currently in and saying 
just going somewhere new or diving into something you have no experience in yeah. is almost better than taking it slow. Because it, it just it awakens a part of you that was unaddressed before. Yeah, because you have to you have to adapt because you're like threatened. You're threatened, and you need to right. ha- like you need to adapt fast to the situation. So everything is urgent and important. Like every no this is what. why every time I've traveled and every time I've moved, oh, I was gonna give you that. Um, I feel like I've grown a lot as an individual each time. Like yeah. either going into the Marine Corps, coming back from the right. Marine Corps, moving to Michigan, whatever, going to Japan because for failure is failure is not an option. It's all you're right. There. You're, it's, it's, I'm in it, and now <laughs> yeah. I don't have a choice. And now I you just don't have, have to choice. figure out what the fuck to do. You don't have yeah. a choice. Not having a choice and just having to do it, I feel like is something that not many. I feel like modern society kind of, you know, got rid of that in a way. I know, and it's kind of in a way, yeah. Dumb. Well, because <laughs> the amount of comfort we have on a yeah, well, regular basis, what? yeah, like oh. it's our, it's like, it's like our. Our nature to be like, well, if I don't have to be uncomfortable, do I want to do that to myself? No. Right. Like, dude, so that's why it's so hard I to can bring in Becker because I'm reading Ernest Becker right now. And what he talks about is um, that the infant uses the mom as a means of comfort from anxiety. So it's like okay. the infant cries because there's something wrong that's causing <clears throat> it to be anxious. And then the mom immediately addresses it. Right. Yeah. So maybe it like needs food or it wet itself or whatever. Right. But as you go grow as an adult, what you end up doing is mo- taking away the parental relationship and switching out with a culture relationship. Yeah. So the culture mm. is a thing as that a protects against anxiety and provides whatever that barrier is against your uncomfortableness. Yeah. So what people are doing is they're still being infantile in trying to remove themselves from their discomfort. Yeah. When I think mm. that the best thing you can do is actually embrace discomfort and oh, that God, that's yes. a sign of individuation. Well, that, like, and that's how an you grow. Well, like, that's that's, how you that's grow. the becoming of an individual because yeah. you don't rely on the external things to provide you yeah. with comfort anymore. And you yeah. understand that you as a person can address those discomforts. Yeah. There's a, there's a really good, uh, one of the small things that one of the podcasts I listen to is he always says about, um, setting yourself for fears or like being, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. Uh huh. You basically, you, there's two different ones. Basically, you go to your local coffee shop and you just don't look, you don't say anything to anyone or look at anyone. You just lay down on the ground for like a couple seconds and then get up and then don't say anything. And the other one is if you go to your local coffee shop, you ask for 10% off whatever you bought, like coffee like or whatever. Like can I just have 10% off? You just ask for it. You make it. And no matter what. You, you make get, it uncomfortable. You make, you like, you just ask for it and then you just deal with the uncomfortableness, win or lose. Hmm. And it's inoculating yourself to uncomfortable situations, and then it helps you. Very interesting. It helps you become a better business person because you're better making deals and stuff like that. Right, because you can translate. You can translate those skills and those uncomfortable tensions. It almost brings a sense of because we're always so used to being blending into the crowd, like especially like a Starbucks or something. When you lay down on the ground, everyone looks at you, and you're like, I got better. (laughs) I got better in some sense. Use that, like when I got to Michigan, just having to meet new people. Yeah, just I could being see. able to like talk you had no and have friends. Questions. You had no like right. comfort zone. So I what think. I got better at was just having conversations with people that I have no idea what who they are. So it was just like how to ask questions. And I was like for the first time it really clicked that I could just bullshit <laughs> about right, things I, I found interesting. Hey <laughs> Cornholes. Alright, so when you come up you can bring that crap with you. Alright. I'm too crippled to do it. Yeah, man. Like we'll a, carry the baggage. Don't worry. Body, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what I was saying was, um, 
was that when I got there, I was able to ask questions about about things that I actually wanted to know. So, like, I found that people could be really, really interesting and that they'll actually just answer the questions that I ask them. And I can ask crazy-ass questions yeah. and they'll just totally go along with it. So, like, I, I've been, you know what's been my thing? Mm. Now when I talk to new people, I try to measure them on a person, big five personality scale. Oh, that's hey, interesting. interesting. So I'm, I just ask them questions that fit into different personality <laughs> stuff. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm starting to figure you out. It's really cool. Are you turning into a sociopath? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No, he just, he no, just, just finds psychology. He's fi- he does psychology. You're using intelligence as a I tool. I just think psychologically. Yeah. That's here's, not the, here's another thing that I realized. This is goes right in a, along with this is that I'm like, it's almost weird because let's say I, I was doing that unconsciously, right? So okay. let's say I'm a person that's just trying to figure out the personality of another person yeah. without being aware of the science portion of it, right? It's not conscious. It's just you're trying to get to know somebody. Yeah. So you wouldn't call that sociopathic, right? That's no. just one person figuring out another. Because I'm conscious of it, that's what seems sociopathic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's really weird. Yeah. So I can give you another example of Please. this. I'm oh. like, so where's the line is the question. But the other example of this is that I told you about this, I think, before. When I was at Harper, there was a girl there that was like 19, really, yes. really immature, like unbelievably immature, just like talk, 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 but always about dumb things, like mm. giggly, all this kind of stuff. Trying just to distract Not people. a bad person, just obnoxious and just doesn't young, really pick just up. immature, really quick. Right. Was this in class or just- This is in class. Oh, oh, that's really- So, really right. And she would want to talk to me about things I don't when care about. When the teacher's talking- Right, when, when I'm trying to pay attention or I'm serious yeah. about something or anything, right? Big distraction. So what I did was, and I did this consciously, so this is why it's a little strange. I did this consciously. I'm like, okay, so the socialization process is where somebody recognizes that their behavior is unacceptable in a situation and then adjusts to that situation, right? Mm-hmm. So what I did was whenever she would, whenever she would start talking about things I don't care about or that were just obnoxious right or that like why are you telling me about your personal life when i'm in class trying to study this thing mm-hmm. like why are you doing this so anytime she would have a situation like that i would be really disconnected i would intentionally not really make eye contact be cold whatever and just mm-hmm. one word answers but whenever she would act maturely and like Ooh. talk about something serious or want to get down to business i would immediately reinforce that with attention because what she wanted was my attention so mm-hmm. i would always just Right then, when she would act maturely, I would immediately reward her with my attention. Oh, I get what you're doing. By the end of the semester, she stopped talking to me immature altogether. So the only conversations we would ever have were mature conversations. You did a psychological in- experiment in class. With her, right. <laughs> so, it, and I brought this up to Nate, and Nate was like, that's manipulation. No. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, is that manipulation? Because because I'm conscious of it, but that's the only difference, is that we do that unconsciously anyway. You, If you're annoyed with someone, there's micro, micro emotions that get displayed regardless. Right, yeah. Or you're just like, God, fuck off, or whatever. And or afterwards you feel drained or whatever. Right, and, and the like, only difference is that I'm aware that I'm doing it. I wouldn't say that's manipulation. I call it socialization, because I'm not trying to get anything no, out of it you're either. not getting anything out My of point it. isn't that- You're trying to like, rather than not to being annoyed. Right, but that's honest too, because it's I'm honest. honestly annoyed. Exactly. You know what I mean? If I was trying to do something, like if my goal was, like, let's say she's an attractive girl or something, yeah. is to manipulate her into sleeping with me, for example. That's then that's manipulation, that's manipulation. because I'm not acting out yeah. honestly. Well, I feel like manipulation a is, a, goal. is a negative right. consequence that like you're trying to get someone to do something they don't want to do or something like that. There's a connotation there. Right. That yeah. It has to do with right. It's trying to. It's not it's symbiotic. A, right. Yeah. Right. There's and not. A, there's symbiotic. not. A, there's not a give and take. It's just one way. Right. And then the other person's doing stuff that they have no 
Um, and it's like, and there's a strong uh, arming element, right? There. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a strong arming, and and like you do what I say because X, you know, usually right. I guess in the form of like a back blackmailing. So I had type. to think about it. I was like, there's no way that the distinction between manipulation and socialization is conscious effort because then every, every single psychologist is just a manipulator. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, like you said, we're, we're all doing that unconsciously all the time. Yeah. We're already you know? doing it. I feel like if you remember just, more, I know that I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to sound rude when I say this. Well, I'm not going to try to sound rude, but even when Eric, when you tell me some stuff, and I'm trying to like focus on like we're playing games together and you start spilling so much information about a podcast. <laughs> I'm like, well, am I going to focus on playing the game or am I going to divert my attention <laughs> well, yeah, I- to what you're saying? And it's hard for me to do both at once when I've, I actually haven't taken the time to <laughs> sit down and watch or listen, you know, to the actual well, people because- telling me the information. And then I just kind of go, yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, oh, I think. I uh, know what you're talking about. I feel about. like a lot of people have to do and, that. And, and I don't and I don't do it to be rude. I do it because <laughs> you should pay attention to that. Sometimes I, tell I can't you, help it though. Because sometimes I'm like, hey, getting, I need to like. You can help it. I just yeah. get tangents though. <laughs> so I seriously do though. So then it's like, well, I I, I do that unconsciously. I try to listen to you, but I <laughs> kind of shut you off in a certain part of my. You just brain gotta too. know. There's a time and a place. Well, mm-hmm. it's also the data dump. If I'm doing this for you know. Right. A couple hours so every I, day. So I should do the Joe experiment. When you tell me that, just don't even say anything back. Just and, then, and then when you say something about the game, then I'll give you my attention. <laughs> oh, maybe that'll work. <laughs> I mean, it probably works. And we'll Buzz start up. winning. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm not saying I do that all the time. I'm just saying that sometimes when... I mean, again, it's a natural consequence. Because yeah. there's, for one, you can't... Multitasking is a lie. Well, to some degree. Women are actually better at it than men. That's like, weird. That's like better. I would never have thought of proven, that. isn't it? Yeah. Well, men are okay. So for one, men are more interested in like an. Ex- it's more okay. So the best anecdote I've heard is that men look out, stand next to each other, shoulder to shoulder, and look out at the world. The women stand in a circle, looking at each other. Oh. So it's almost like the, uh, they can deal with I people because they're really more interested in people, like while well, doing some other task. Like where men are like of focusing in on a single task and yeah. going at that. And it's like everything else is a distraction. Now, again, this is a generalization because Obviously. there's overlap in the sexes and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And all the other nuances in but the for, subject. In general, multitasking, especially for men, is kind of just doesn't really exist. <laughs> We're just, I mean, just in general, you could, uh, I forget what it was. You end up doing both things half-assed. I f- yeah. Pretty much. They said, uh, they did a study recently about phones and they, they wanted to see like with attention span, right? Mm-hmm. And they wanted to just see the simple reaction of your phone vibrating or making a sound and like what it does to your brain basically. Yeah. And it would said is that it's depending on the, your personality, obviously is if you heard it or saw it, you have a cortisol spike because then you want to know what it is. Like who texted you? You want to address this that new input sensory basic or sensory input. And then it's like, they said it roughly would take 20 minutes to refocus on what are your task, whatever your task was. Wow. 20 minutes, 20 Jeez. minutes. Long time. It's good to keep my, like, here's something. Okay. So when I go on dates, I don't take my phone out at all. Yeah. No, I don't do that. I just, and, or even just with like social <clears throat> groups of our friends, I really don't like taking them out of my phone at all. Sometimes Most of the time, I'll put on like nighttime mode or whatever, yeah. just That's so that idea. I'm not distracted. Do not disturb. And what's really Airplane funny mode. is it sets the precedence too. So like when I was on a date, yeah, you uh, told me that. Right. One. I told you about this. When I was on a date, this was a while ago, but I didn't, it was one on one. So I just kept my phone. I didn't touch my phone and look at nothing. Mm hmm. And this was like multiple hours that we were talking, like two something hours over dinner or the whole nine yards. At the end of it, 
I finally took out my phone and immediately she takes out her phone Ooh. because the social standard that's set by not taking out the phone is that the phone is not acceptable. But upon taking out the phone, it's a signal that that is okay to do in this situation. Wow. And then so mm -hmm. she takes out her phone to check it. So you can do that with groups of friends, right? So nobody will take out their phone until the first person takes out their phone. Yeah. I believe that. It makes I'm, sense. I'm going to leave my phone in the basement. Most of the time what I'll do is if I, because I don't like it in oh. my pocket for some reason, I'll just leave it up, up face down. Yeah. And I and then I've also turned off every notification on the phone except for text messages. And I don't ever put sounds. Yeah, I got rid of social media messages. No, I put notifications. There is that, none. That's no notifications. Getting on off the grid for a little while is so awesome because of the lack of distraction that you have. Yes. The lack of distraction. Like you build a, a your your new <sighs> mental clarity. I guess you could say you, make a you new get it world. back. Yeah, because because then. You, you have to, like what we were saying earlier, you have to think about what you're going to do. Well, it's what, a media What fest. you have to get done. Because you can't, because if they're taking in too much information, you're overloaded and therefore can't sift through your own thoughts. Whenever you're trying to do something on your own or whatever, mm -hmm. you can't be overloaded on all fronts. Yeah, I don't just, watch the news anymore. I, I don't either oh, because it's not news. worth anything. Occasionally, I'll, <laughs> I'm believe. interested in a specific instance. If I'm like... Oh, Trump pulled out of the North Korea meeting. Right, you hear something. Then I'm like, okay, I'm curious about that. I'll follow that story. Right. I never watch the news just to get all the information. Well, the way I see I it is, about specific is, things. is if it's important enough, you'll hear from it from somebody else. Yeah. Right? You know, and if it's not something that's not really that important, then you won't hear about it because unless you're actively no. just... Part of the problem with the internet and social media is that you hear about everything that everybody cares about. I know. So it's well, like, that's also why I stay off of Facebook because at that point, because there's so it's like cutting through the chaff, and there's so much noise to signal nowadays that it's almost like it's unbearable. It's completely that's why unbearable. I, I'm so glad I got rid of that. Even Instagram. Instagram, I think, is kind okay to some degree, but I like it for the it's, art. It's a it's dope. A, it's, it's a dopamine dump, though. <clears throat> well, it's a slippery slope because if as being a guy, it's very easy to get distracted with. Yeah, you know, anything. It's visual. a dopamine right. dump. You're wasting so much of that. That's why I got rid of all of that stuff. <laughs> concentration, <laughs> like you, you flip through. I think there's a, actually a scientific study that's been done with each like slide up and down in each photo you see. Like you're expecting to see something interesting, so like. Like um, probably a it's cortisol addiction. spike. It's like, what do you call it? It's in it irregular or in something variable exposure. I can't remember the term. Right. But it's basically random exposure to a positive thing. So mm -hmm. like you just, it's like slot machines. It's like dopamine. It it's the it's same like a little thing dopamine as slot hit. machines. They randomly That's why games are fun reward you. And because the reward is random, mm -hmm. it makes you think, oh, well, this next time, this next time, right. this next time. That's what the psychology of the like button is for and all the social media. This yeah. society. They, they literally created social media to be addictive. There's yeah. One of the execs from uh, Facebook uh, did a Came talk out. at Stanford. Yeah. He left Facebook and he did talk at Stanford mm -hmm. about he, he doesn't let his fucking kids on social media. He doesn't touch any of that. And he's like, listen, we made something. We knew we were making something yeah. that was insanely addictive and we've changed the nature of social interaction as a result for the negative and we aren't willing to take responsibility for it. I, think I was I like, holy fuck. I think I watched the video. Yeah, he, that was one. He's like, shared. I regret yeah, I being a part of it. Yes. It's really, it's really interesting. And I, and I told Joe after he shared that video, I, I could, I could see in the next five to 10 years or something, maybe even less. A, a very well done documentary that's going to blow the lid off of what social media has done to us as a society. We're going to have we're, to. Because we're playing we're playing with something that we don't understand. And they're creating a and these companies now have so much power that they're creating 
AI systems to better run these things. Like yeah. self, they're yeah. attempting to develop self-conscious AI systems. Yeah. And in doing so, they're going to, in the initial coding, in the subconscious of these AIs, they're going to put an implicit ethical system based on their own. And the problem is, if you have the flawed ethics of the developers influencing the consciousness of this AI, then that AI is going to operate at an insanely, insanely capable level to enforce that flawed ethical system. So we're going to have, if you have a bunch of assholes developing an AI system and their basic premise is like, well, it doesn't really matter if you're a dick to somebody and they just, in their code, they don't measure for being an ass, yeah. right? So they just don't put any controls in there yeah. to prevent this AI from being mean to people. Mm-hmm. Then this AI that's going to be hyper fucking developed and way better at being a dick than anybody else because it can be. As soon as that thing becomes aware and takes off and it's like exponentially growing, it's going to be the biggest asshole that's ever existed. And it'll be because these fucking unethical developers didn't think about it. It's like going to take over society it's gonna be insane because <laughs> the moment it, oh, this is what's so fucking scary about what's going on in silicon valley because they're a ideological bubble right so if they produce a subconscious of the ai systems on their ideological ethical system then the ideology will be carried forward into the performance of the ai in the future so if that ai operates on the premise that all th- the only thing that matters is group affiliation and that those affiliations are hierarchically organized by the amount of historical oppression that they've accrued then in the future if that thing has enough power it will make decisions based on that premise now as terrifying as that sounds <laughs> what, now, Good day, we, we have to think of the mechanism of action how is it gonna do anything with that power are they going to have like robots to that are going to abuse people well it might or? just be okay so for one thing it might just end up this is already happening i was gonna okay. say is the part gonna, of this already exists in the form oh, of your phone listening so here's already right. here's no, already one thing that's like, already like, happening i'll give you an example okay okay so there's a premise in the developers especially at facebook that what is is well it comes from an ideological base but that there's certain truths that are present that are present in the news that ought not be said. Okay, simple premise, right? Maybe there's some things better left unsaid. But the problem is they use their ethical framework to determine what should and shouldn't be said. So then they measure for what news things should show up on your feed. So the what type of information ever even makes it to you goes through the filter of the developer's ethical system. So we do that with our AI in the future, right. and the only news that will ever get to you is the news that works with their political propaganda, period. So, but but the only way it's going to get to me is if I actually have a phone with the capability to see the news and have that um, platform available, and, and like I'm readily reading this, this right. these articles. Right. I mean, you could disconnect yourself entirely. Right. And just avoid those. So that would be, I guess yeah, what yeah. I was saying is like, what if people are trying to disconnect themselves? What is the AI going to do? Like, what's the power going to be if, if you that don't even avo- associate yourself? That would avoid it, yes. But I don't think that's possible I think it'll anymore. be, well, okay. So now it gets complicated and gets way into speculation. But my yeah. guess is that it will so form the zeitgeist that the people that are operating in the world will operate on the premises presented to them by the AI system. And if the AI system has an unethical subconscious, then it's gonna emerge in the behavior of the people who are influenced by the AI. 
So all that it'll have to do is be flawed in its thinking, basically. And then the problems with that thinking will emerge in the behavior of the people that are that are buying into it. So you could just have groups going to war for shit that an AI told them. And that, and that and because indirectly involves yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. Whether you are a so part you can of that. be totally he, disconnected, he, but if some fucker thinks that yeah. that's in your friend group, that you're a bad person for X, Y, or Z, yeah. you're fucked, and yeah. it doesn't matter that he learned but, it, that you you're disconnected. He's but see, already the slippery slope here is that the companies are the ones deciding these things mm-hmm. behind the scenes in some sort of. I honestly, I honestly think code. that these media co- are not media companies, but social media, these AMA titans AMA. in the new software, media, software conglomerates have become a f- or at least going to be a. F- a fifth pillar in our government system because it's totally unchecked information flow. They have, there's no checks and balances with these guys. So if you, and here's another problem, it's so fucking complicated. (laughs) They have more power to disseminate information than anyone ever has in human history. So if they like, you can't even like, I mean, propaganda and the propaganda in the Soviet union can't fucking touch the, the efficiency of Facebook. Right. Can't fucking touch. I mean, did you hear what he, like Zuckerberg was saying during the trial where he's like, we have to think about what, things are being posted on the network for effective elections. He's a person who is flawed. Right. <laughs> and if he is wrong in what he thinks should make it to Should people, or should not be made public. Then there are problems. And it, especially if he's doing it based on an ideology. Which everyone will. Because we're people. So that's why people should I go mean, away ideology from Ideology in a more capital I, right, restricted that's, Yeah, sense. that's what I mean. Like From an ideology, we all have one. And to say one is you know, perfect or whatever is <laughs> never going to be the case. No. Well, th- what you have to do is you have to have a concrete underlying ethic that informs the ideology yeah. and that the ideology is subservient to the ethic. Who would have ever thought ethics would be actual or required beyond just a thought experiment? It needs to be required for <laughs> right. the, the coders. They need to be sit. This. No, they need to be sitting with an ethicist together. This is why Elon Musk was, I think he was, he's alluded to, this is why how he's talked to all the these AI, different companies. Um, so he's talked to a bunch <clears> of different companies that are making these AIs. And he's talked about how he, there's only one company he's really worried about. Now he's talked to somebody in particular who he thinks isn't mature enough and isn't handling this with enough care. Probably Zuckerberg, my guess. Because I mean, he seems like a. That's my fear is that <laughs> someone like Zuckerberg is going to just go into this out of enthusiasm for the tech and completely forget about the social implications. And that just out of ignorance, it doesn't even have to be malice, just out of ignorance, the consequences of that ignorance will result in catastrophic shifts in the culture that could literally rip everything apart. I mean, isn't it already in some degree? It already is. Well, that is basically an underlying, I think that's a cultural war where we've, okay, here's Becker again. Okay, so Becker, (laughs) Becker talked about how cultures are essentially hero frameworks where you can visualize yourself in a heroic <clears throat> system so that you know the guidelines for how to play the hero in your own life, okay? So the culture tells you, this is what a hero is, this is what a hero does, you follow that and you can be purposeful in your life. And that that purpose acts as a buffer against death anxiety oh. for the individual. So just like the child relies on the mother to provide against a buffer against the consequences of their limitation and a buffer against that anxiety, so too does the culture then for them. And that hero system provides you that framework. So what was hmm. happening right now in our culture is a deconstruction and then rejection of, of the culture, of that hero framework. So when there is no buffer against 
the death anxiety, the only thing that's left is is nihilism. So what's happening is like I think these school shootings are actually the consequence of rampant nihilism in the culture. Yes, that is right. Because everything's meaningless. And when you decide everything's meaningless, then basically you can justify any action that you want to do, period. Because nothing matters. Because nothing matters. <laughs> but also it gives you no buffer against your own fear and horror and torment against the nature of the horrific parts of reality. So you just fall into that and then that's it. And then you're like, fuck it, destroy all of it because none of this is worth it. So what hmm. you have is these school shootings are just a consequence of a culture in turmoil rejecting itself. It's lost its anchor. Yeah, it's not grounded. <laughs> it's not grounded anything at all. It's, it's like we've thrown out the baby with the bathwater a billion times over. Everything that we've been building since the dawn of humanity, forming cultures, is that we're throwing out the window. And instead, instead of creating a new culture as a buffer against that anxiety, we're replacing with group system, ideology group system. Tribalism. Just takes us back to a tribalism. New, a new version of tribalism. <laughs> and it's all reliant on in, inherent and unchosen elements of the individual. So it's just, it's completely fucking pointless things like race, whatever. Like the color of your skin is considered a virtue. But you don't get to choose that. And what the fuck does it matter? So we're relying on stupid, innate things to act as a virtue for our culture. And we're going to pretend that that's good enough to fight against the na- like death itself. Right. Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> to, to give you it's, enough explain, uh, of light. Color of your skin's a virtue for me really quick. Okay. So the postmodern ideology basically says that all cultures are, there's a specific word that I'm looking for. Fuck. What is it? It's like inconsequential that everything is since there's an infinite number of interpretations of the world, there's no way to know which interpretation is the true interpretation. Okay. So that's true to a degree, except it doesn't take an empiricism or pragmatism at all because you can just test that against the world. So if your assumption is that, that my interpretation of the world is that if I tie a bunch of cinder blocks around myself, jump into the ocean that I can swim up to the top and be just fine. (laughs) Well, that's a fucking bad interpretation of the world and I'm probably going to fucking die. All right. So that's just bad. So if you take in functionalism at all, that entire premise falls apart immediately. Okay. But they're still operating on that assumption. So what they say is all interpretations. Who's they? Postmodernists. So it's a specific ideology came out of, well, kind of out of France. It's a whole long story. Right. No. Yeah. So I'm sort of familiar with them. So that's like Foucault, Derrida, a couple other dudes. Um, So they have this assumption that because there's an infinite number of interpretations, none of them, you can't know which one's the true one. So how do you operate in the world? How do you know what's good in the world then if everything is totally relative? So they have to fall back on something to work, okay? Because if everything is totally relative, then you have no way of orienting yourself. It's like you're trying to use a compass but there is no north that's not labeled anywhere on the compass. So what the fuck good is this? You have no orientate orientation in the world. So what they use as orientation is a group tribal framework. And they say that the thing that determines your virtue is the historical amount of suffering that you've gone through. Because it's a it's a hyper um, hyper like simp- empathizing with people that have been poorly treated in the past. So maybe you're really compassionate to the people that have been mistreated. Okay. Mm. 
and you think, well, the victim is a victim and they don't, they're not at fault for the situation that they went through. So they're taking that and then applying it. So they're saying, then all victims must be perfectly good. So the person that's been the most victimized is the most good. So they create a moral framework that's based on the amount of historical oppression that you've accrued. And then that's what the group systems are. So you can put like racial systems in one portion. You can put uh, uh, like sexual orientation, transgender, whatever it is. As long as you've been oppressed, you find you you have found yourself on that hierarchy of value based on group systems. The major problem with that, other than the fact it doesn't take in functionalism, is that members of groups are not all homogenous. You aren't a black person. You are a person that happens to be black. But they have to throw that all out. Hmm. And then they have this bullshit, this insane, this insane and dumbfoundingly stupid idea that the only thing that matters is the group that you belong to. And then all that that's going to do is revert to a tribalism Hmm. because now you're just in groups. And what do groups do? They kill each other (laughs) because chimps, chimp tribes kill each other. This human aggression and warfare goes beyond is so ingrained. It goes beyond the human species Hmm. and it comes from our history millions of years ago. So the only the only way we had to fight against that is to provide an ethical system and a hero system. To say right? you're the same as me. To, that that <laughs> implicitly or even explicitly combats aggression. Now, is this explaining the past or the present state of... Both. Both. Okay, so right now, current, the current. reason that we're having all these political problems is because of postmodernism. But it's even more than Pretty that. Bad. It's the import of European nihilism after World War II. Like Foucault said that his um, greatest influence was a play called Waiting for Godot, which was about nihilism in France after the Nazis had invaded and killed everybody. Mm-hmm. And how they were like Wait. just totally dejected at the horrors of war and the terrible They wanted to forget about it. That they, were, they were like, what's the point of all this? And they were stuck in this nihilism. Yeah. So he creates a philosophy based on nihilism. And then that nihilistic philosophy through... Oh, what was the name of the school? Starts with an F. I can't remember. Some school in France gets in through the English system, gets imported into like Stanford and Yale and the Ivy Leagues in the U.S. So that ideology. What time was this? No, 60s. Okay, so that makes sense. So it blows up out of our Ivy League schools and then gets absorbed into the culture. Into the bedrock, basically. Right, and now we're watching the the bubbling up of that. Because now the the children of those people that first learned it are now becoming our age basically each generation <clears throat> tests the consequences of a premise yeah. so it's like here's that's why you can see you can see po- people that are postmodernists, scare quotes from the 60s that have these ideas but they don't go full ideologue and it takes a few generations because it's like each generation just takes it one step farther one step farther one step how do we grow on this how do we build on this idea right and they keep building and then eventually the inherent failures of the philosophy are expressed in the behavior of the individuals who believe them. Right. Hmm. It also shows that we need to pay attention to history a lot more than we do. If you don't know, (laughs) it's unfucking believable how ignorant people are. I'm very ignorant to this. And honestly, I don't really care about any of the things you said. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. 
Well, the, I mean, tell <laughs> you about that. I have more praise to you, and I think you should write a book about your feelings. But I really feelings. <laughs> I'm like looking into space, trying to grasp all this. And, I mean, he just dumped a lot of information. Yeah, that was a on lot. You. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't really give a shit. Well, there's basically what it comes down to. If I want to, I'll distill up. it to a what you can do to what I feel like. That, I feel matters. like that's a good, that's a good way to end this right now because we're almost at an hour already. Okay, so yeah. the only way to concretely <laughs> combat this kind of insanity is literally just to believe that an individual matters that es- that essentially you're not just a member of a group you're a person that matters and maybe your group identity influences your individual individuality but it isn't the full thing it isn't it's not you everything. your group isn't you. you like i was in the marines i'm a marine but that's not all that i am Right. I'm a student. I'm a person. I'm Joseph Chikowsky. I, I guess for you, it would be like to say you're a nursing student. So all you'll ever be is a nurse. Right. And then you're defined by that thing, mm-hmm. but which is just wrong because you're more than that. Yeah. Who's creating these ideas? Is that, is actually, that, is that actually happening? <laughs> yeah. I don't well, think it's it, actually happening. Well, it's not conscious for a lot I mean, of that's people. That's just people thinking too much about. <clears throat> well, no, it's, it's unconscious. Just, it's not people. I'm that, articulating something that's happening in behavior, but they're not aware of what they're doing. It's just absorbed through being taught it over generations and just the being general, distracted through the, social media and all that. Yeah, being distracted from every the underlying underlying tones of cult, of the cultural environment. I wonder if that's, that's causing people to like be existentialist, existential, uh, whatever existentialists. existentialists, you know, and like trying to get away from everything unconsciously well, when, when they when they're so affected at a, a deep level, like it permeated so deep that they feel like they have to get away from all this I think nonsense. that I think that part of the rise of social media is because of that is another emergent problem. You don't have a value. All of that underlying nihilism that's occurring in the culture. Because if you if you no longer have a buffer in the culture against death anxiety, then you have to rely on something else. Death, so wait, they death look anxiety. At, what death anxiety? <laughs> God damn it. You said nihilism, <laughs> buffer, right, death anxiety. Right, None of that on. makes sense to me. <laughs> We're going to have to, we'll have to like, <laughs> this is going to be like another three hours of podcast. I know, this oh, could be no, 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 I'm, no, I'm serious. Like, There's this, just three simple definitions. Death anxiety is the awareness that you're going to die and something to con- console you in that reality. Otherwise you'd be paralyzed to if do It's anything. just like, well, what the, it's, it is what nihilism is. It's why does any of this, of this matter given the impending annihilation of death. People think that way? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, exactly why. (laughs) Poor people. Exactly why nihilism is so scary. Why do people think, like, death is, yeah, death happens, but they're so, they they don't know how to, no one knows how to live their life anymore? Nobody wants to die. Because of the lack of individuality? Yeah, they just, well, that's, they don't know how to overcome that realization. Tolstoy talked about that too. He talked about how he fell into nihilism and would hide his gun. He would never go out hunting with a gun because he was terrified that he would shoot himself and that he would hide the rope from himself. (laughs) So he wouldn't hang. So he wouldn't be tempted to hang himself from the rafters. Like that he got to this point and he talked about how that the, the, the weak people are the ones that go on and are aware of the, given the rationale that are aware of the impending nature and the complete annihilation of death to the ones that don't kill themselves and continue to go on suffering in life inevitably are the weak ones because the what? rational <laughs> because the rational decision the rational decision is you are you're guaranteed to continue suffering what? in your life the longer you live the more likely you are to suffer so knowing that why wouldn't you end the suffering if either way you're going to die <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a very flawed mindset, man. Well, it's perfectly rational. That's the it's scary rational, part. But, but that's it doesn't take what? into account. Well, it doesn't. I don't think it takes into account culture because your influence lives past you. Death isn't actually annihilation. Right. Death isn't annihilation. Oh. Death is only the ending of a physical property. It's not. There, there was a good quote. The, I heard. The, oh. the pattern of your being ripples out into the culture like, beyond the ending of your life. <laughs> You're just, just like, disgusted. <laughs> disgusted that. Oh, so <laughs> Darwin's wrong. Like fuck. Natural selection. Yes. Wrong. Yes. <laughs> What's You're going on here? Because it's rational, and rationalism began pre-Darwinianism. Uh, so these people are relying <laughs> on something that doesn't take into account the 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 sexual and natural selection that occurs in our biology and in our culture. Bam. It's it's fucking retarded. <laughs> these, but it's it's what the problem is. It's like a, right now we're going Wrap through a cultural fight between nihilism and the revivification of a culture that stimulates and protects us against death. Uh, Joe, I think you need to go and sleep in a log cabin for 10 days alone. <laughs> With a fuckload of shrooms. Yeah. And, and, a, and, then, and, a, and a journal. Get a pen and paper a, and just yeah. write and just be on, because you, you're, you're on the edge of something here, dude. <laughs> you are. No, you are. And that, this all spawned from just getting away from distractions. Just reading the people. Homie, just read. It's just reading the guys <laughs> that done this stuff. I'm like, listen, I none of this that I said did I even have to really come up with on my own. Right. I, was, I no. had to learn from greater fucking people and then go, oh, okay, well, what Becker said makes fucking sense. What Jordan Peterson it's, does makes yeah. fucking sense. You, you have to oh, run through shit. the scientific method to see if what you read actually... The biggest influences you, on me you can are say understanding, okay. was understanding evolution, pragmatism, and that's pretty much it. Yep. As soon as I understood pragmatism and evolution, I was like, oh, fuck, this applies to everything. No. Oh. So, okay. But, Thanks for listening, folks. So this is the first one back in a long time. And it started out simple enough. And now it went deep, as it probably will always. <laughs> you just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe. Go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.